Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wild Wasteland. As always, I'm Dean Maldonado, and with me is the uh, spontaneous Michael Johnson. He's Hello. Looking, he's looking a little... Uh, I am Michael Johnson. Yeah, he's looking a little strange today, guys. Uh, I don't know if I'm comfortable being in a room with him alone that's locked, but uh, I think we'll kind of get to that in a little bit. Yeah. So, Mike... Uh, How's your how's your uh, spooky October been? Spooktober has been going fantastic. Has it been, been creepy? It's been pretty creepy. Um, I've been listening to spooky stories on YouTube. So like people reading, like <laughs> just spooky stories. Why, why don't you just buy like a spooky storybook and read those well, yourself? Because I like the Reddit like AMA stories. Like, what's your scariest story? And it's like one time. I was walking in the and then a man with a hammer came out and he was smiling and all I could see was his eyes and his smile and then he chased me to the house and I called the police and then they came right away and they got him and he was a crazy homeless man with crazy gnarled hair and he was smiling at me the whole time and he said I'm going to get you but I ne- it's been 15 years and he hasn't gotten me yet. Wow. I, I love those. Yeah. That sounds like a terrible story. They're all fucking awful. Yeah. And I just told you the 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 synopsis of 95% of them. You know, there's uh there's always like a smile and like uh, eyes. There's a new thing. I think it's on I think it's on Netflix. It's like two sentence horrors. Horror oh, those are terrible. Stories? Yeah. I try watching them. They're terrible. Yeah, Don't I didn't, watch I didn't them. even want to turn it on. I feel like it's going to be like I was alone in my house and I sneezed. Someone said, "Bless you." <gasps> dun dun dun. I I have to confess, I didn't actually watch them. Oh, okay, good. Uh, my girlfriend did, and uh, I. She said they were terrible, and if she says they're terrible, they have to be fucking terrible because her and I kind of like the same kind of thing when it comes to horror stuff. Does she like the shitty B-rated horror movies? Yes and no. She's not one hundred percent where I am. Yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them just become like gore porn, but still. Yeah, but the kind of B movies that you like are not the kind of B movies that Netflix would put out. No, never. They Those used the to have kind. them. Yo, they used to. Yeah, they used to have like endless troves of them, and then they're like, "Why are we paying twelve cents for half of our movies?" Yeah. We should cut that and then spend a billion dollars to get one specific movie. We and got just make the rest of our content. We got the office for another year. You guys like that? You guys know everybody like the office? It's like fuck that. I've been going to Amazon now for my like shitty movies because Amazon today is like Netflix ten years ago. Hmm. It's like just a wild wasteland of trash. Just Garbage trash film, <laughs> garbage movies. Something that someone put their heart and soul and most no, their money no into. No, one did not put any heart and souls in these fucking movies. And you know that, like, I'm not watching the ones. You know, that, like, there was the one guy who was like really like the. It was his passion maybe. project, and everyone else is like, "This is gonna be awful." Oh, I hate hearing those stories. Like someone like, psycho Billy Wedding too. The Revenge of Freud. You're like, like what? I wrote the screenplay. I really like it. And they're like, oh, let me look at this. Yeah, we're just going to have to rewrite all this. But we'll give you a writer's credit. <laughs> but I put my heart and soul into there. No, nah, no, nah, it's all shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Good job. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll give you 10% of the Closes the door in his face. 
here's 10 grand. Oh, like how they did, um, what true romance with, mm. uh, Quentin Tarantino. You know, I've been reading this book. Um, it's the life and humor of Robin Williams. Oh, and it was talking about how, like when he started getting successful and he was on Mork and Mindy, like he was like, they're like, Oh, he got vaulted into the, the Hollywood scene and he was living a more lavish lifestyle. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. But then like later they start telling you about how much money he was making. Yeah. In like 19, in like 1981 and like from like 79 to 82, Mm -hmm. that motherfucker was making $40,000 a week. That's pretty good money. I was like, okay, now I understand what they're talking about where he's like talking about how uh, cocaine is a, is a disease given to people who have too much money. Yeah. Like, like $40,000 today a week would be too much money for me. Can you imagine if it was like the equivalent of, was it like $300,000 today? I'm about to find out. Sheesh. This is a, uh, we have a laptop now at the Wild Wasteland headquarters. And, uh, uh, and no internet. We got, what? There's no internet? <laughs> no, no, we skimped out on that. Oh, well, good thing for Dean because he actually has everything stored in the laptop. Holy the whole shit. Internet. $125,000 a week wow. in today's money. Can you imagine? That's what? A Ferrari each week? Yeah, literally. It's like a decent house in the suburbs every week. And most people are just putting that straight up their nose. <laughs> yeah. That's and once what... their nose goes, they blow it up their ass. Oh, oof, that's a rough one. Yeah. Shove it in the penis? No, 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 no. No, you, they blow it up their asshole because yeah. their, their nasal cavities start to deteriorate uh, and like fall apart. Uh, that's gross. Like, how about if you fart though? It's like, ah, oh, no, it's all over the place. You got, you got a few <laughs> layers of cloth in between you and the and the open air. I don't think anything's gonna make it through that. Mm, you never know. It's like trying to blow a pixie pixie stick through a uh, through a cheesecloth. Not much is gonna come through. It's <laughs> like, whoosh, damn it, damn, not again. It's all over my underwear now, though. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we get into our spooky uh, subject for the day? It's spooky, scary. Ooh. So, what, what are we talking about today, Dean? Ghosts or monsters? Ooh, oh, a real life, spooky. a real life monster. This guy. Now, when I look into it, initially it was proposed that he was the inspiration for Jason Voorhees. I did write that from down. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Um, I looked into the inspiration for Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, and it was not this man. <laughs> it was actually nobody in specific uh, detail. But you the, can kind of see it. The though. name was made by the writer because he combined, for Jason, he combined his like two children's names, and then oh. Voorhees was the last name of a girl he liked in high school. Like Initially, when they made Jason Voorhees, he wasn't even supposed to really be a character. He was just this like tragic secondary thought of a character. It's like a tragic child. Yeah. Until like the third movie, which was then when people were like, we fucking love Jason. Yeah. Where's that Jason guy? And then they made what a hockey mask on him. They made what? Nine movies before the final one. Yeah. Well, the final one was two final ones. Yeah. There's three final ones. (laughs) 
because the the first final one was literally called the final yeah. chapter. Yeah. And then uh, when they did Jason Goes to Hell, that was considered the final chapter. Yeah. And then eventually they went to space. They did the final chapter. Oh yeah. After then they made a Manhattan. Remake. Yeah. yeah. After after he went to New York, they gave him like a final send off. They're like, oof, this is getting pretty bad. But I just love that like the the synopsis for Jason goes to New York is like, Jason uh, got uh, latched on to a boat heading to New York. Yeah. And got dragged all the way there. I'm yeah. like, most of the movie takes place in the boat. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, this motherfucker was in Crystal Lake. Yeah. A lake. Yeah. In the middle of the woods. Well, you know. What boat was passing through this small lake in the middle of the woods to the, go to New York? The giant, like, five-story tall yacht. Yeah, totally. Toot, toot. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Same with him going to hell, though, so whatever. Yeah, and space. Like, the guy who can't die should not end up in hell. That's really the oxymoron of the whole thing. Yeah, you didn't watch the movie, did you? Oh, I did. Okay. That's <laughs> it's the one with the, where the there's, like, worms, right, or mm-hmm. something? It's where like most ghosts. of the movie he's like walking behind fire. Oh. I think that also was the movie that initially won the world record for longest single take of a stuntman being on fire. <laughs> it was like six minutes or some shit like that. Okay, that's uh, that'd be terrifying. Mostly yeah. because I'd be fro- freezing to death because they'd have to put all that jelly on you. I know, I know. So cold they've heard. Well, so uh, so the person that we initially believed this was based on does match up for a few reasons. Yeah. Uh primarily his height and He's his hulking. size. He's got a big knife and the fact that he eventually killed his mother. Yeah, and he loves having his mom's head around. We're talking about Ed Gein, Ed, Ed Kemper. We're not talking about Ed Gein. <laughs> Actually, interestingly <laughs> enough, interestingly enough, uh there in American Psycho. Oh, yeah. Mhm. Uh in American Psycho, they misquote an Ed Kemper quote. Oh. Uh, when they say in the movie, uh, Patrick Bateman, here, let me pull up the, uh, the exact quote for you. Patrick Bateman goes and says, um, he says, you know what Ed Gein said about women? Oh, yeah. Which actually it was an Ed Kemper quote. I know. I have, I have like f- several of them right here. Yeah, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. Yeah. One part of me wants to take her out, talk to her, be real nice and sweet, and mm. treat her right. Yeah. And the other part of me wonders what her head it would look, look like, like on a stick. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good. That's a good quote. There's a few other ones. Yeah, there's a few uh, terrifying quotes from this guy. He. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to all of them by the end of the show. So his full name is Edmund Emil Kemper the Third. Yeah, you wanted to. And uh, eventually they started calling him, they started out by calling him, before they found out who he was, they were calling him the co-ed butcher. Oh yeah, the butcher of the co-eds. And then eventually once he uh, called and told them his crimes, because they were not going to find him. Yeah, no, he uh, he just kind of gave himself up, because at the end, we'll we'll find out at the end that that he he was finished. But they started, the the official name that stuck was uh, the co-ed killer. Yeah, that's a... Now, uh, um, a pretty scary name, especially if you're a co ed <laughs> walking he, around. He was a weird, weird, weird guy. Like, he's, oh, you he's think? very, you're starting to sound like the people from Plainsville. <laughs> Plainsville. Nah, his, it, 
I feel like his childhood is very similar to uh, like Jeffrey Dahmer. There's a lot of childhoods. Like uh, there's a lot of serial killers that have this childhood. Not like this. Yeah, like a crazy so, mother that kind of just drives him to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can blame his mother for this, yeah. but he was fucked up before his mom fucked him up. Oh no, yeah, his mom knew he was gonna like be a serial killer. That's why she was like, "I gotta get the fuck out of here." <laughs> she did not. Yeah, that, that's you why can she you left. can fuck off with that statement. Yeah, she was like, "This guy is gonna grow Listen, up to be no, a serial killer." No, he was the middle child of three kids. Okay, what he had a, a sister weirdo. that was five years older and a sister that was younger than him. Yeah, his dad, when because he, he do, his dad eventually divorced the mom. Yeah, she's been she went through three marriages like butter. Kemper's dad was quoted in saying he said. uh, Suicide missions in wartime and the atomic bomb testings were nothing compared to living with her. And that she affected him more than 396 days and nights of fighting on the front did. This motherfucker was in World War II and said that he would rather basically spend almost another 400 nights on the front lines fighting than live with this woman again. Uh. So yeah, she was fucking crazy. Yeah, kind of a, the definition of a battle axe. But that's not why Kemper was fucked up. Yeah. When well, he Kemp, was just always fucked up. He was born at 13 pounds. That's, uh, that seems like a lot. That's like an elephant child. <laughs> By the time that he was four years old, he was already like a full head taller than everyone else around him. Oh, my God. He's a huge kid. Yeah. And he's fucking weird. <laughs> By the time well, he, that he was a uh, giant, we're just stumbling around knocking shit over. Can you imagine? Well, he was ten years old. Yeah, and he uh, he took the pet cat to the backyard and buried it alive. Oof. He then waited for it to suffocate and die. Dug it back up. Yeah. Played with the cat and then cut its head off and put it on a spike. Hmm. That's what I'm talking about. If I saw my child, like this is the main reason I don't want to have kids. Because imagine if you have like a fucked up kid. It's like, what, what are you do you supposed do? To do? Ten years old, he's ki- ki- like you can't call the police. <laughs> like, he's not old enough. No. And then uh, officer, he-, he killed the cat, and then he cut the head off, and he put it on a spike. Well, I think you should just get the fuck away. <laughs> when when he was 13, he killed another one of their of their pets, the, the another cat. Because it liked his sister more than him. Ah, uh, jealousy of women. He even, he even, uh, cause he's very vocal. Once he, literally, he arrested himself both times. Yeah. Um, and he really likes to chat about it. It seems like he's almost remorseful, but not. Mm. It's like he almost finds himself interesting to study. Yeah, it, it seems like a play. He just seems like he's an actor in a play. Like this is all just a, cause there's a, there's a few times where, uh, where he's recounting, uh, regaling the the interviewer, and they kind of cut him off, and he's like, "Ho ho ho ho! This is the good part. This is uh, so I cut her head off, and I started fucking. It's just like what? It's like what? What do you think that this is all like? Because he he has all this time to just keep going through everything in his head, and he's super detailed. Yeah, he li- which actually like concerned a lot of the police officers that had to in- interrogate him. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, six foot nine, giant monster in the interrogation room. Like, well, no, because he was—he was literally. He's not a monster. People who talk with him always are like, he's very nice. He's very put together. Yeah, he's a gentle giant. That's yeah. what they all called him. 
but so uh in one of the when he was opening up more when he was in prison with some interviews uh he actually talked about the fact that when he was still in California and his parents were still together yeah uh he used to sneak out of his house and take his father's World War II bayonet and then go to his second grade teacher's house and just like watch them through the windows with the bayonet. Mm-hmm. He's in second grade at this point. This yeah. is before he even killed a cat. Yeah, this is uh, this is pretty sad. This is pretty fucking sick shit. <laughs> yeah, one of his favorite games with uh, with his his younger sister and one of their friends uh, was <laughs> gas chamber. Or electric chair, yeah. <laughs> where 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 he would sit in this big puffy chair and have his sister throw a fake switch, and he would just like pretend to be electrocuted and like seize on the floor, or like he would like act out being killed by asphyxiation in a gas chamber. Like, yeah, this guy, and also the other game that they would play was that they would roll each other up into carpets and they would try to wiggle out, but. Like, his sister and her friend would come over and he'd roll them up. And, like, he said in an interview that seeing her just, her severed head sticking out of the carpet was the initial, like, awakening of this idea that really all I want is just to own severed heads of women. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't they... just go to the store and buy. Like, no, there's you no really can't. severed heads of women's store Well, he also outlet. was talking about how, like, Cause they're like, why did you keep the heads? He's like, yeah, I think that was just something from childhood. Yeah, he goes into it a few times. I yeah. know, I know. He <laughs> likes to dance around that subject. Yeah. Um, but so he also did have a few uh, near death experiences as a child. If only they were they were real death. Mainly, it was his older sister trying to kill him. Yeah, no, that that she a... like attempted to push him in front of a train. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't happen. That didn't go well. Did he like break the train? No, no, no. Because he's so big and no. I think someone lumpy. grabbed him and pulled him back. Why did they? Who? But the, she who's did. This fucking person. She did uh, effectively push him into the deep end of the pool before he knew how to swim. Ah, and almost. He, al- he almost drowned to death. Like this. This proves that there is a God. You know, like maybe like God <laughs> was like, "Hey, how about you just like kill him real quick?" Like no one's, no one's gonna blame you. You're like a little girl. <laughs> well, it would have saved ten saved, people. Yeah. About ten, actually, exactly ten. Exactly ten. <laughs> um, so his parents eventually get divorced, oh, and he it didn't work out with the with the with the wife. No, no, the dad oh. couldn't reenlist anymore, so they're like, "Sorry," and he's like, "All right, fine, I'll get a divorce, whatever." They're like, sir, you're old enough. Come on, send me out there one more year. <laughs> well, I'm trying so, to save my marriage here. Um, they got divorced, and he Ed has to move with his two sisters and his mom to Helena, Montana. Mm. She's basically the middle of fucking nowhere. Best place for him, really. And his mom is just shitty towards him all the time. She, uh, she like makes fun of him for being so tall and being a weirdo. <laughs> and she, she actually, uh, forced him to sleep in the basement and she would lock him in the basement every night. Yeah. Uh, all he, ha- all he had was a cot, a sleeping bag, and there was a pull string light at either end of the basement of this like cement basement. With no windows. Oh, man, that would be... I just love the idea that she was fucking with him. Like, if you pull one string, the other light goes out. Like, ah, oh, you can't have both on at the same time. Well, she never wanted him to use that much electricity. Yeah, no. I Wouldn't you? I would lock this fucking... Well, he her, keeps killing all the cats. Her reasoning was that she was worried that he was going to rape his sisters in the middle of the night. 
And so it was for their protection. That's a smart move with him. And so in like interviews with people, like a lot of them actually feel bad for him when they talk about his childhood because no. they're like, I get everything. Like, this this kid doing. was in a effectively in solitary confinement, just like listening to rats run around his room as he tried to sleep. And like, yeah, Ugh. it's hard to feel sorry for him. She also, uh, she also, the, the mom would talk about how she wouldn't hug her son and she wouldn't cuddle with Ed because she didn't want him to turn gay. That's a, that's a real fear. So at age 15, when he's six foot four, yeah, uh, he escapes, he leaves, he goes to California to try and find his dad. Oh, but he doesn't uh, want anything to do with them either. Well, he finds his dad, yeah. He goes to Van Nuys, he finds his dad. His dad is already remarried and has yeah. a stepson. He's already got... And new, he's like, new family. He's like, you can stay here for like two days, but then you gotta go somewhere else. Yeah, his because uh, his wife was like, I don't want this fucking weird tall kid around here. Yeah, I don't want your old son with us. What the fuck? What the fuck? What is this weird? He's six foot four. He's breathing heavy. What the hell is going on here? So the dad does the How do you get here? the next step of sending Ed to go live with his paternal grandparents. In Northern California, up near San Francisco. That's what you do. That's a responsible thing to do. Literally, he sent his kid to a farm up north. <laughs> ah. What happened to the kid? Hey, he's at the farm. Hey, he's up on that farm where he can run free. Uh, freedom bark, farm. Bark at anything he wants. But so one so day on the farm. So he gets rehabilitated and everything's all right, right? Basically, yeah. Okay. Until uh, he actually meets his grandma and is like, Holy shit! You're just as mean as my mom. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a fucking like a series of uh, generations here. And so, eventually, after uh, a little while of living with them and arguing with his grandma, his his grandpa went out to go get some groceries. Yeah, and he and his grandma are arguing at the kitchen table. And he's like, "That's it!" And he gets up. He goes and gets a twenty two caliber hunting rifle. Yeah. Comes back and shoots her in the head, mm. and then goes behind her and shoots her twice in the back. She um she had a fear about this. Uh, they would keep the guns locked up all the time. Like they when like he would uh she had a gun in her handgun in her purse, and she would like always like they they she didn't want Ed to ever have the guns. Yeah, like because you're in a farm, you got guns, you got like shotguns and all this shit. But they would always keep them locked up because. Like, what the fuck is wrong with this fucking kid? So, like, every time she'd leave, she'd bring the handgun in her purse, and he's, like, looking all over, like, where's the handgun? Where's the handgun? And it was like a it was like a little fun game of cat and mouse. But, no, like, she ended up getting shot yeah. times in the head. And then there's also reports of, like, him stabbing her afterwards as well, but, like, nobody really ever corroborated that. Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, misconceptions. Um, like, he, like one one uh, report called him a cannibal, but he, he was never... He I think never, he said that he was at one point, but then he re- he said he, what, he wasn't. Well, so... Retracted that. Supposedly, he didn't want his grandpa to be upset finding his wife dead. Yeah. So instead of letting his grandpa ever know that his wife was dead, he met him in the in the driveway with the rifle and shot his grandpa dead. That's a really nice thing to do. And so at uh, he's freaking out, and what does he do? He calls his mom. He's like, "Mom, mom, I killed grandma and grandpa. What do I do? Uh, kill yourself." And she's like, "Call the fucking police. <sighs> Arrest yourself. You need help." So he did. Oh, yeah. He, oh, uh, mother he, knows best. He in these called situations. the cops, and they put him in a mental institution for five years. Seems like a long enough time. 
And so when I'm watching these interviews with the doctors who worked with him, like, I mean, the guy was exceptionally bright. I mean, he has 145 IQ, uh, loves to read, loves to learn about different things. And so they were saying about how they had like 800 deranged murderers and rapists in this institution. Yeah. And only like 10 doctors to try and profile them and like do the interviews and try and figure out what's wrong with them and all that shit. So uh, because Ed really wanted to learn, mm-hmm. they taught him and they actually had Ed doing interviews and like doing these like psychiatric evaluations of these psychopaths and murderers. Mm. And um, actually like they're training him to be the perfect Serial killer. Well, that's what that's what Ed picked up. <laughs> he even said that he that's where he learned that it was best to kill a woman after raping her to avoid leaving a witness. That's. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what they're is teaching this? this to a sixteen-year-old. What year was this? Like sixty-four uh, or something? Like the early sixties? Uh no, it had to be mid to late sixties. Probably sixty-seven. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because yeah, right before Reagan took over, and it was like mental health. Just let them all out. Well, he was released on parole uh, oh. on his 21st birthday. Oh. Because he had told all the psychiatrists and doctors exactly what they needed to hear to think that he's rehabilitated. Ah, perfect Cause, sociopath, psychopath. Because, well, that's the funny thing is they always are like, yeah, he's not really a sociopath because he puts a lot of effort and pleasure into his work. That's the definition. Or like the modern definition, I guess. I guess now. Yeah. yeah. Like, because every, the top 1% of all presidents or whatever are, are CEOs or sociopaths. Yeah. Maybe. But the uh, the funny thing is that they, one of the notes they left for his parole was like, he should never live with his mother. Yes. Because that is the source of most of the trauma in his life. Yeah. And so, obviously. But, yeah. You send them to live with his mother immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, okay. We don't want to give you to your mom, so here, go live with your mom and uh, go to community college Oh, and be a normal person. Yeah. And he was like, fuck. Yeah, because um, she worked in the university. She did, yeah. She worked at the university. Uh, and uh, you, that's actually- They just kept saying the university. Do you know which one it was? I think it was either Berkeley, right? Or I think she did work at Berkeley. Um, but it the thing about Northern California and like just around- that area is there's a shit ton of community colleges, a bunch of uh, state colleges, right? Tons of coeds, tons of people that this, you could just talk to. And like, well, in the seventies, it also was a big thing to hitchhike. Yeah, dude. Like it just seemed like you just meet new people, you just get to experience new things, like just grow as a person, and you know maybe not kill people. Maybe not. Uh, he didn't do that. Well, no. So at this point, he's six foot nine, <laughs> uh, and he starts hanging out at the jury room. Which yeah. is a uh, a bar, like a cop bar. Yeah, a, cop ha- bar. a very popular cop bar. And he starts making friends with all these cops. Yeah. They like him. He's a nice guy. He's smart. He's funny. Hey, Ed, you, like, what happened? Wait, where have you been the last five years or something? Oh, you know, upstate. Well, there was a, there was one psychiatrist who was like, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I kind of understand that, you know, he was put back into this world. Yeah. And he has no sexual experience at all. He doesn't know how to approach a woman. He doesn't know how to talk to them. 
and they're trying to force him into this normalized society of like, you should go out, you should talk to women, you should have a good time. And to him, what was he supposed to talk about? That he murdered his grandparents <laughs> and just got out of a psychiatric institute that he had been in the last five years? Like, that's not really a great conversation starter. Yeah, did you uh, did you uh, hear about the first date that he went on after he got out? No. He uh, he took her to like a John Wayne picture, like a like a like a, even like in the seventies, it was like old. Hat. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like a like a uh, cowboy and Indians kind of thing. And then he took her to dinner, Denny's. Hmm. After and he's like, well, when you're sixteen, that's like a cool thing to do. But now that you're twenty one, it's <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed to admit. Really, it was I was kind of a lame. Uh, I was kind of a loser. Well, he was dating a sixteen year old. Ooh, he started dating a sixteen year old at one point, and then that didn't go well. Yeah, because um, his mind is kind of like fucked up. Yeah, a little bit. But so he had a he had a motorcycle, and he uh, really was, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like he was extra suspension. <laughs> How do you get on that? He's big enough. They they make Harleys for big people. Yeah. But so know. he uh, he was riding around on his motorcycle and actually got hit by a car, and uh, like broke his arm, and he took him to court. Won fifteen thousand dollars. Nice. And so That's with exactly that, what he, needs. he bought um, a 1969 Ford Galaxy yeah. and was driving around, started seeing all these women hitchhiking. Like, hey, and so he was like, oh, okay. And he started getting plastic bags, handcuffs, like random shit to be in his car. Yeah, everything that a man, need, 21-year-old man needs in a coupe. And he was, you know, he was a very friendly person. So he just started giving rides to people for free. Yeah. And just like picking up hitchhikers, giving them rides, and because he loved driving around, because the last five years he was stuck in an institution, so like he felt free on the road. Well, he literally picked up over a hundred and fifty hitchhikers before he started killing anyone. Well, because he would talk about how he would practice. Yeah, he would get into this fantasy and practice, like. <laughs> When he was sitting in the driveway, he would because he always had the the gun in his crotch or in well, his the pants. gun the gun came later. No, he would he would, he, he, he started said he would try he added like it later. He practiced it a hundred times before he got into anything. Well, because I was I was watching this interview with him, and he was talking about how to him it was almost like an addiction, like drugs. Like yeah, it started the out fantasy, and he fantasy. you know he it started out and he didn't even have the gun. He was just driving people around. And then eventually he had the gun, and then he was like He's itching to grab there. it. Yeah. But he knew that once he pulled it out, it, like he had to do something because once the yeah. gun was out, you had to do it. No witnesses. He learned that from the rapist. Mm-hmm. But so it was like it wasn't even until after you know he was actually getting close to doing it that he even had the gun in the car. Yeah. Um. And he was talking about, like there there were times where he accidentally locked himself out of his own car, and the victim in the car. Opened the door for him to get back in, yeah, like reaching that. over his gun, not even noticing it, and letting it back in the car. Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's I can't imagine being in that like that mindset of just like, oh, this guy's gonna kill me, but I'm not that rude of a person to not let him in. It is, it is his car. I don't think I even thought that he was gonna kill them until oh, he did it. There's a few that that knew that he was gonna like they were very suspicious. Well, because. The first two girls that he killed, right? Yeah. It was in it was May of 1972. He picked them up from Fresno State and was going to be taking them to Stanford University. Mm-hmm. Now he went past Stanford into the woods into a secluded spot. So, hey, hey, buddy, where are you taking us? 
took the one girl at gunpoint out yeah. of the car and put her in the trunk, closed the trunk, and then went to the front, to the passenger seat where the other girl was, and then just like brutally stabbed her to death. No, uh, he took one of the victims into the woods. That was the second group. And he stabbed her. That was the second group of girls. Because there was one group of two, another group of two, and then one, and then one. Yeah. But so the first group, he put one in the trunk, stabbed his, stabbed her friend to death in the passenger seat. Yeah. Where she could literally hear it, and then went to the trunk and killed her. And then freaked out, went back to his apartment, and had sex with their bodies, cut them up, had sex with their decapitated bodies. Um had sex with the heads. Had sex with the heads and then dumped their bodies in the woods. Yeah, but he didn't dump uh, the hands or the feet or the heads because those would be identifiable. But so the second group of girls is exactly the one you were talking about where yeah. he pulled out to uh, into the woods again and took the one girl into the woods and killed her, came back to the other friend who was tied up in the back seat opened the door and was like, she saw the blood, and he was like, no, I never hit her. Yeah, I never. I killed her, but I never hit her. Well, that's what he says in his head. Yeah. But in reality, he was he like, just... hey, your friend had, had a bloody nose, and she needs your help. Come help quick. And then she was like, what? And then he just like jumped on her He and just like her. started stabbing her. He, uh, because she was, he, she had thick overalls on, mm-hmm. so his, uh, his knife never penetrated it, but he started stabbing her, and she started hitting the ceiling of the, of the car. And the uh, victim before that, that he took out into the woods, um, he stabbed her 30 times or like a crazy amount of times. And uh, But he never stabbed her on the breast because yeah, it was too embarrassing for him to touch boobies. <laughs> you know, like he was just... Yeah, he even noted that he like accidentally grazed her tit <laughs> he was, he and said, apologized. Oh, sorry. Yeah. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so... As he's murdering her, like... And uh, like what a fucking psychopath! So he so he puts the friend from the back seat into the trunk. Yeah, and starts panicking. He, he shuts the uh, he shuts the, uh, the 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 hatch, and he's like, "Oh shit! Oh fuck!" Because he, he thinks that he put the key he in there, so he's trying yeah. to open the fucking back, and he's like freaking out. He's running all over the place, and like the goofy bastard he is, he, he starts he starts running away. And his gun that he was in it was in his pants the whole time falls yeah. out and he trips. And he was like, Oh, I forgot I even had a gun. He's just such a goose. He's like taking his sweet ass time to stab this woman to death with a tiny little pocket knife. No, it was a it was a huge one. It was No no, he went to the pawn shop after that and got a huge knife because oh. the, the small knife was so ineffective. But I was like, dude, you had a gun the whole time. Well, because he's an idiot. And then he was like he's like, Okay, all right, Ed, calm down, get your shit together. And he found his keys in his back pocket. He's like, I never put my keys back there. Um, just what a goofball. Just a silly, silly, goofy guy. When you're in the heat of the moment, you never know. So, yeah, he takes these corpses back to his place. Does the same kind of shit with them. He takes an axe to them in the bathtub, just dissects them, just cuts the head off. And he has a, one of the severed heads in a uh, photo, in one of the girls, because uh, she was a photographer, he had it in her photo bag. And he was walking into his apartment or whatever, or walking out or whatever it was. And he saw this cute, lovely couple coming down the staircase. And he was thinking, man, I wish I could have that. Man, that seems like such a normal thing. As he as they're going on a date, bag. he has a head, severed head in a bag. Yeah. This is the definition of psychotic. 
Yeah. Well, and... so um, another victim was like this 15-year-old girl who was late for a dance practice in San Francisco, and so he drove her past San Francisco and really, really killed the shit out of her. Dumped her body in like the backyard of one of the police officers that's investigating him. Yeah, he does a lot of brash things. Like, there's a few times, I forget which, which, uh, what number of victims or what they were, but he has an axe, and he's actively dissecting two women in the trunk of his car, severing their heads in front of his mother's house in at 11 p.m. at night, and he can see all around him that the windows are open, the lights are on, the shade. Like, anyone could just look out as he's just hacking away at these bodies in the, in the trunk, and it could have been over with. He he said that he could have been over with, but he just getting to, like this is like I think this is like the third and fourth victim that he's doing this mm-hmm. to, but like he's just so he's just so confident that he can just get away with anything. Well, yeah, because he also is still hanging out at the uh, at the cop bar at the cop bar, and all the cops know him. Yeah, and they're uh, he's even talking about at this time because there was so much panic and fear in the community of picking up strangers in your car yeah um the school even put out like a bunch of bulletins of like hey don't hitchhike you know take taxis take public transit they put out a lot they even said well they even said they're like but you can feel safe if the person has a university sticker on their car yeah a permit logo with a giant a in it ed kemper had that fucking car. shit and he and was a twisted, uh, twisted fate. Well, so he was still picking up people around town because that's what he's used to doing. He loves doing and, it. And uh, he even was talking about how, um, like, if a woman sat in his car, and like a lot of times they were talking about, like, have you heard about this guy who's killing people? Yeah. Like, if they mentioned the co-ed killer, who he, he is, he wouldn't kill him. Yeah, he wouldn't kill him. He was yeah. like, that woman just got a free ride. Like, yeah. oh my god. Maybe I should get in a guy's car and be like, "You heard about this killer?" <laughs> but um, He's like, shit, he knows. But that's the duality of Ed Kemp, right? Like, it's just such a fucking asshole. Like the ki- stabbing someone to death, but if you accidentally graze their, but oh, I'm sorry. He's just mentally or, stunted in like certain spots. It's very strange. But, but so uh, let's let's get to the worst death because this oh, one is oh, uh, five and wolf. six coeds. No. So the first two kill first two was his grandparents. Yeah. And then three, four happened at the same time. Right. Five, six happened at the same time. Seven and then eight. The eighth one, nobody even fucking talks about that much. Because it's the same exact MO. Where yeah. like body parts are washing up on the shore. Like mm-hmm. so. Kill number nine is arguably the most gruesome. Oh, because it's his... Uh, it's his mother. It's his, it's his magnum opus. Yeah, so he goes home. He's living with his mom in this apartment. And she's sitting up and waiting for him. She's like, what? You don't want to talk all night again? And he goes, no. I'm going to bed. Good night. Good night. He waits for her to go to sleep. He grabs a claw hammer. Yeah. Goes into her bedroom and just smashes her in the head with it like multiple times. Yeah, no, uh, half of her head gets caved in, and then he slices her, decapitates her. Yep, decapitates her, fucks her head. Yeah, his mother's head. Uh-huh. That's already, like, bashed in. Yeah, so it's kind of, like, lopsided. I imagine, imagine he, like, was goofing around with it. He takes... Fumbling around. He takes her head, 
he uh, he puts it on the on the mantle in the living room. Yeah, on a bookshelf. And he's yelling at it. Oh yeah, and, he's like, got to get all this frustration out. It's throwing darts at it yeah, like he, it's a fucking dartboard. He uh, he takes out her tongue and larynx. Yeah, he he like rips out her vocal cords and throws it in the fucking garbage disposal. Finally, shuts that bitch up. Uh, officially. Yeah, because uh, they were having an argument earlier, like the day or whatever before. He knew a week ahead that he was going to kill her that day. And um, she would always say, like, I haven't had sex with a man in seven years because of you, you fucking, like, this, that, and the other. And it's like, all this all this, all this, this happened after the movie Psycho came out. Yeah. And, like, the whole, con- like, if you were, like, just a bit, a bit nicer. Maybe. Okay. So it was April 20th, 420. Yeah. 420. Uh, 1973, that he uh, he decided to kill his, his mother. Maybe if he just calmed down and smoked some weed, he wouldn't have. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like it doesn't seem like that would stop. Yeah, probably him. not. No, no. He, he he should have been sloppier. This this had to happen. Like like everything that led up. Like he knew that he he wanted to kill his mom since he was eight years old. Man, like he he knew he knew this his whole entire life. Hmm. That he just had to. Like that was the one thing holding him back, <laughs> and yeah. well, in his head anyway. He loves I'm sure. to he loves to like blame the victims. Like when um when one of the hitchhikers that he killed, he said like, "Oh, she wouldn't shut the fuck up, so that's why she had to get her like that's what made her get her she had to get her throat cut." Mm-hmm. Like there's like a certain way that he said it. Just like he blames her for getting like. Oh, you put me in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She kept berating me. She kept yeah. running her mouth. Yeah, there's the one hitchhiker that um, she just had a smart mouth. You know, you kept saying she kept getting smart to me. You know, like all day, like uh, I had to kill her. Like, come on, he you was, know what I'm talking about, right, guys? The the weird thing about his the way he killed these hitchhikers, he would like drive. He would like pick them up. They would get in the car, and he would drive for a little bit and go, oh. Your door is open. Yeah. And because he's so huge, he literally could reach over the person, open their door, and close it again. Yeah. And when he did that, he would drop a chapstick inside like the door handle mechanism so that they the, the passenger door would never open from the inside again. Yeah. He did he practiced that a bunch. Yeah. Before he like he just was like a like process like the, the process of killing he's a process killer that had um uh displacement issues like his anger was for his from his for his mother mm-hmm. like with if someone would talk about uh like we talked about if someone would talk about um, him like the uh the co-ed killer he wouldn't kill him but it sometimes just wouldn't fucking matter because like he had a bad argument with his mother mm-hmm anybody's gonna die like he could have been like anybody walking down the street like hey yeah how's it going bang shoot him in the head like that kind of situation mm-hmm. well i mean he also like i don't know the issue with him is that a lot but it's a lot of different issues with with ed kemper yeah but the thing that's strange about how practiced he was is that once he's in jail for it he doesn't leave. He doesn't want to leave. They keep trying to offer him parole. He keeps being like, no. Nah, yeah. No, this is my world now. <laughs> I'm done with that one. Yeah. This one's better for me. Well, it is because in, in, uh, in prison he records, I want to say like like 1,600, like a crazy amount of hours of audio footage 
um, he he does a lot of books on tapes. Hmm. Like you can actually listen to I forget which books they are, but like there's like I, I want to say like six like a like a ton of fucking books, like sixteen hundred books. We'll just say of Ed Kemper just reading because he wanted to. I don't know. Like it, it, it's a, it happens after 1991, which is um, his last interview that he gives. I think. Yeah, the last picture they have of him is from 2011. Oh yeah, where he's just like an old sad man. Yeah, he looks very normal once he got old. Yeah, when well, he, he was younger, he like was just like <laughs> so weird looking because he was so rotund in the center and like had kind of like a pinhead. Yeah, and he had like small hands and fo- small feet too. We, yeah, we being, found out while being six nine. Yeah, <laughs> like um, but uh, but one thing I I love that he would say, uh, when he would uh, rape the the dead the the bod the uh, the bodies and like the heads, mm-hmm. he would say that he's humiliating them. Hmm. Like one last fuck you to them, I guess. Like, like maybe he's like, ah, oh, this is for you, mom. Like, wow, that reminds me of the. Uh the killer from High Tension. Mm. You ever seen that? No. It's a French uh, horror movie. It's very, very good, but it's basically like these two girls go home to their family farm to study before college, before all like their files in college, and some random massive person comes to the house, murders the parents, steals the girls, and... It's this whole fucking terrifying. Uh, it's literally the name of the movie is how you feel the whole time. Oh, yeah, you <laughs> it's feel like all you're... high tension, and oh. then there's an incredible twist at the end. Oh, one that Shyamalan could never live up to. But uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, you really should. Over. You really should. But, uh, but his mother isn't his final uh, murder, though. No, because he gets concerned that her best friend. Uh, is going to come over and find the dead body. So similar to the grandpa thing where he's like, oh, I was just looking out for them. Yeah. He invites her over. See, I, I, I've read conflicting things. Like I, I heard that because it was uh, Easter or whatever, that um she was going to come over, like they had a dinner date or whatever, and she showed up on him unannounced, and he was like, what the hell? So I got to kill you. But now I'm, I read other places that say that he called her over. Yeah, a lot of the things that I was reading were saying that he actually rang, like, rang her up, called yeah. her, and told her to come over, uh, and then killed her, cut her head off, and like spent the entire night with her body. Yeah, Sally Hallett. And so he hid his mom's body in one closet and Sally's body in another closet. Very Ed Gein. Uh, cleaned up the majority of the house, flipped the mattress over, and on the bloody side left a note for the police. Yeah. That said... Uh, hey gents, sorry I couldn't clean up. Had to leave. Like had to go quickly. Because in his mind, he thought that the police were on. Like he has a lot of fucked up mentality. Like when he first stabbed somebody, he was surprised that they didn't just like fall over dead. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a Hollywood movie. Like Ugh! and just like so that's why he had to like stab him like a hundred times or whatever. And um, he thought that the police. We're on to him. Like no one knew anything. No yeah. one no one had any clues because he was at the cop bar and like these cops were like they're like, Oh <laughs> like Ed? They're at he actually had to call the cops like six times because they thought that he was joking around. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Ed, <laughs> Ed stop joshing around. How could you be the co ed killer? You drink with us. It's like And that's the thing, is it like 
Yeah, he kept thinking that they were playing this like weird cat and mouse game of like, oh, we know it's you, but we're not yeah. going to say it yet. Like, And so he turned himself in after he killed his mom and the, and the friend. And Sally, yeah. And Sally, and then he gets in his car, he drives for three days straight, makes it all the way to Pueblo, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then he calls and he's like, hey, it was me. You'll find their bodies at this house. Yeah. It's like, what? But it's also interesting because he was kind of being investigated because he the cops did come and like... Well, they came because he was on parole and they found out that he had a gun. Yeah. And so the sheriff's... Well, like the sheriff's officers came to his house to confiscate the gun because a person who had been released from a mental institution after five years after killing his grandparents with a gun... Well, it was redacted. Probably shouldn't. His um, own a gun. The reason why he went to the mental Ill, mental hospital was redacted, but because it was like the the old time, where it's just like a line through it. They're like, "Hey, you guys know that Ed Kemper went to pri- went to a mental institution for killing his grandparents?" <laughs> like, no. They're like, "Oh, he has a forty four caliber handgun." Yeah. So they went to the um. So the police went to his uh to his to the uh, location. They're actually staking out the the the, the um the house across the street. Because they, they fucked up somehow, mm-hmm. and they got his wrong address. Well, she was in like this weird apartment complex. Yeah, it was like across the street was an entirely different street. It was like 188 Malberry. The other place was like 188 Orchard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, they're like Ed, uh, you, you got a you got a gun? And he's like, he's like, oh, in the back of his head, he's like, what fucking gun are they looking for? Because <laughs> he has like five different guns. Mm-hmm. And he's like. So he like plays this mind game with him, and it's like, uh, "Oh yeah, you're looking for the little one or something." He said something like that, and he's like, "A little one? It's a 44 Magnum or something." It's like, "Okay, so they're looking for the 44." <laughs> I haven't killed anybody with the 44 Magnum. Yeah, no, because so he's been go. using a 22. Mm-hmm. So that's that is actually how they connected him to a lot of these deaths yeah. was the 22. Yeah, which I was like, "How about the fact that he told you in detail?" Well, and then walked you around the crime scene and pointed to things, being like, "And that's where I put her wrists, and this is where I put her legs." And well, so here's the here's the quote from Ed on why he turned himself in. He said, "The original purpose was gone. It wasn't serving any physical or real or emotional purpose. It was just a pure waste of time." Emotionally, I couldn't handle it, it handle it much longer. Toward the end there, I started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing. And at the point of near exhaustion, near collapse, I just said, to hell with it. And called it all off. Wow. And then when he's in prison, he's talking about how he's like... Because at that point, they thought it was when they first started t- uh, coining the term serial killer. Yeah, because before he was he was a mass murderer. A multiple murderer. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like in the seventies or whatever, they're like, "We got, we got a new because they, um, they classified them as a serial killer because you have a secret life, like you have this secondary, like you can go around, uh, go through society and just go to work, have parents, do all these other things, but at night, mm-hmm. taking an axe to coeds and taking their heads off, and yeah, and he, uh, he was even saying because at that point there were thirty five known serial killers, and he's like, there are more." He's like, there are many, many more yeah. than you'd ever believe. He's like, I'm just one of the ones that 
He's like, he's like, uh, he's like, they always go back out into the cold. Some enjoy the cold. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just started hating it. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, there, he's like, there are more out there and they'll never be caught because they're not done. Yeah. Ted Bundy loved the cold. Fucking loved it. I mean, he jumped out a two story window to get back into it. Yeah. He was like, oh, I need to go back in those killing fields and put more bodies in there. Mm-hmm. Dead naked bodies, dead naked female bodies. Well, the thing that's hilarious to me is that you're right. Like, Kemper really had like a childlike mentality to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Cause when they asked him like, how are you so good at playing the police to what you wanted to do? He's like television. I watched a lot of cop shows. And so I knew, you know, uh, well, yes, I wanted to go to the memorial services for the girls. Like I knew that they would be taking pictures of people there and using that to build a suspect pool. He's like, I knew not to talk about the crimes too often, but not, Never bring them up uh, when I'm hanging out with the police just because uh, to not draw suspicion. Like, yeah, he was literally using 70s cop shows as the way to avoid getting caught, and it fucking worked. Who would have known that chips would have caused the co ed killer, you know? Yeah, to go on this long, it's insane, but yeah, so I really don't think that he is the uh inspiration for Jason Voorhees. No. But they did link him to uh, Buffalo Bill oh. from Signs of the Lambs. Not because he skinned people, but because he was going after co-eds and he hated his mother and that kind of shit. Yeah. Then he was just a creepy guy in general who was way yeah, too was... big and had a weird voice. <laughs> but for some reason, no one ever suspected. Yeah. No, you always suspect the giant weird guy. That should be the first guy you should suspect. Exactly. Like, what's that giant weird guy doing there? Oh, he's just a birthday he's murderer. Clown. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, tutoring little Timmy. <laughs> yeah, just uh, teaching him how to uh, get bugs out of a crawl space. Did you know that uh, Ed Kemper had a fiance? Did he? Yeah, he keeps he keeps mentioning it, but I can't find any reference to it. Really? Like he says, uh, he probably uh, in like 1991. He's like, oh. I wish I could uh could be a, a grandfather by now. If you have a bunch of kids. I don't know. Kind of seems like the first incel to me. First incel killer. Cuz uh You think he's, he's just, an incel killer? Yeah, dude. He's just so lame, dude. Like nobody wanted to fuck him, dude. Like no one wanted to be with him. He's like he's got all the all the charm of a plastic bag and probably stinks like uh murdered victims. <laughs> Well, yeah, so you're right. He spent about 5,000 hours narrating books on tape. Yeah. Um, I listened to a few. See, 2015, he experienced a stroke and was dis- and was declared me- uh, medically disabled. Yeah. And uh, the first time he ever broke a rule the entire time he was in prison was 2016 because he didn't provide a urine sample when they needed one. Oh, he's probably high, dude. He's probably doing that chronic. But, you know, he even said he's when when he had a parole hearing and he was denied in 1988, he said, society is not ready in any shape or form for me, and I can't fault them for that. His next hearing is in 2024, and his and his uh, living relatives are all for not letting him out because <laughs> they're like, oh, they're, he's going to kill us. Yeah, I know. And he's, he very well might. And that's what he, he even says. He's like, because he just has these fits of rage. Yeah. What did he call them? He called them something strange. Yeah, he's kind of like a Mike Myers. His That's it. 
He called them his little zapples. Mm. Little zapples. Little zapples. Which was his murdering sexual urges of pure rage where he like, there was one time when he was in prison, he was in one of these fits, one of his little zapples, and uh, he was chatting with the officer who was in charge of him. He just came in his pants. No, he was like, he was like, I need you to handcuff me to my bed. And he was like, Ed, I don't want to do that to you. Like, are you kidding me? You, you don't, you don't need to be handcuffed to your bed. And Ed was like, you need to listen to me. You need to handcuff me to my bed right now. Yeah. Otherwise, I could grab that belt off your body and beat you to death with it right now. I'm gonna grab the gun out of your belt and shoot you with it. No, he wasn't even gonna shoot him. He said, I'm just gonna beat you to death with it. Yeah. And so the guy went over and he handcuffed one hand to the bed. And when he went to go handcuff the second hand to the bed to the bed, Ed just like freaked out and started freaking out and literally threw this guy across the fucking room. Yeah, because he's gigantic. Yeah, he's huge. It's like trying to restrain Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. And yeah. so, I mean, it the, the thing about him being locked up is that at least he, I mean, well, A, he can't go and kill more people outside of prison. Yeah, because he, uh, he only wanted female heads. He said that that was the only thing that got him off. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't want man, he's like, I don't want a man head, what am I, gay? <laughs> well, he, uh, he um really has taken a lot of introspection into his own psyche. I think he wrote a lot of scripts. I think so too. To recount. Well, cause he, uh, like he really likes to chat. And so that's why that's one of the issues with him trying to plead insanity is that he tried, oh, he yeah. tried to plead insanity one time and, uh, in this, in, like in the initial, yeah. um, trial, because he was saying that it was like blacking out and it wasn't him and it mm-hmm. like he can't remember doing it. And they said that uh, six man, six woman jury took five hours to declare Kemper sane and guilty on all counts. Good, good for them. And he was he he, he begged to be killed. He no, wanted he, he wanted to be tortured to death. Yeah, he wanted death by torture, <laughs> which doesn't exist. It's like <laughs> but it was also right after uh, California banned. Corporal punishment, where they, they oh, yeah. banned they the death de- penalty, yeah. and that's why we have a lot of serial killers still alive to this day. Like, like Charles Manson lived so long, and Ed Kemper, and all these other serial killers, because at that, there's just that one window of time where all these serial killers were just getting sent to prison. Like they would have had the death penalty, but it was like two or three years that they they didn't have a death penalty, and like. Mm-hmm. 30 serial killers lived longer than they probably should have. But that's why we have all these interviews and all this uh yeah. all this content. Well when when they put him into prison, I don't know if you ever read about this, but he uh he was actually in the same prison block as uh Herbert Mullen and Charles Manson. Wow. Just could have had a gang there. And uh Herbert Mullen is the serial killer in California who killed 13 people in the early 70s. Mhm. Uh, he confessed to the killings, actually claimed that he prevented earthquakes. Yeah, there's no proof that he didn't. Exactly. But uh, Kemper actually went out of his way. I said, that guy's fucking nuts. No, no, no. He went out of his way to, like, mentally manipulate uh, Herbert Mullen. Because Mullen was 5'7". 
Yeah. So with Kemper being a foot and two inches taller, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was intimidating. Yeah. But Kemper said that Mullen had a habit of singing and bothering people when someone tried to watch TV. Mm-hmm. So I threw water at him to uh, to shut him up. Then when he was a good boy, I'd give him peanuts. Herbie liked peanuts. That was effective because pretty soon he asked permission to sing. It's called behavior modification treatment. Wow. He was doing that in prison. Because yeah, he learned all this shit from the fucking psychi- psychiatric ward that he was in for five years when he was uh, growing up. Yeah. But, no, so, I mean, at the end of the day, he is supposedly a model prisoner. Um, A lot of different, like, metal bands and, like, electric and punk rock and really any type of metal from, like, alternative to thrash to, like, death metal. Yeah. Most bands reference Ed Kemper in one of their songs. Oh, because he's like the modern day uh, Shakespeare. Uh, at one point he uh I think I think the first victim or whatever he he would talk to the severed head. He would ask, "Why am I so crazy? Why why do I do these things?" He was talking to a severed head and he fully knew that what he was doing was crazy and insane, but at the same time it was not crazy and insane because he knew that it was crazy and you know like it's like mm-hmm. a it's a catch twenty two, but well I mean let's see here's some of the tracks that are named after him, temper temper Mister Kemper oh uh, Edmund Kemper had a horrible temper, uh, Edmund Temper, and California, and then in parentheses Ed Kemper. Oh. Those are all from a doom metal band, a death metal band, a thrash metal band, and an alternative metal band. Mm-hmm. But yeah, one of uh, one of uh, Dean's favorite quotes is uh, "With a girl, with a girl, there's a lot left in the girl's body without a head." Of course, the personality is gone. Uh, I need I need a better thud sound of me smacking myself in the face with a microphone. I just think that if Ed Kemper was born today, I think he would, or like became 21 today, I think he would just be like a really great Uber driver. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, this motherfucker's a free Uber. Like, he picks you up, gets you there, and as long as you talk about whatever's killing somebody right now, he probably would let you go. Yeah, no, you should be fine. But so currently, he's actually still alive. Yeah. I know. If he's on parole until 2024. No, he's not on parole. He's in prison. He's, well, he's back his up next for parole. parole hearing is in 2024. He is actually at uh, the California Medical Facility. It's um, in Vacaville, California. It has 2,400 inmates. And that's weird. Huh. Huh. It has 2,400 inmates and a capacity of 2,361. So mm. there are 39 inmates over capacity. Yeah, no, that's that's the that's the American prison system. I guess so. But um, it's an all-male state prison medical facility. Um, so that's good for him not killing more women. Yeah. But the notable inmates are actually uh, Bobby Busillet, who is the one who Charles Manson was like, he's the one who actually planned everything. Oh, yeah. Good old Bobby. Yeah, what was his name? Uh, uh, Tex or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tex. They had Charles Manson. 
Oh. Um, he passed away. He went right to hell. That he did. They had they had Timothy Leary for a while too. Timothy Leary, who uh, was arrested for having weed. Oh, he's the, the guy. The who, actor? No, not the actor. The guy who invented LSD. Well, oh. not, not invented, but he propagated and dispersed LSD. He's the one who said, uh, "Turn oh. on, tune in, drop out." Oh, okay. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he used to actually manufacture like. 98 to 99 percent of the world's LSD until they arrested him for having marijuana. Yeah, that's that's a crime. Yeah, but so uh, Ed Kemper, big fan of that guy. Uh, <laughs> you're a huge fan. Huge fan. Like you got him on a T-shirt. But he's oh. too big, so it's just a white T-shirt. I got him on a onesie. Oh, that's cute. But it's like the size of a T-shirt because he's so big. And it just like. Has like bleeding wounds. Yeah, it's just him, and it, like doesn't have a head. <laughs> yeah, Delightful. I decapitated him. Yeah, so uh, you can you can write to Ed Kemper. Just write like uh, in a in a postcard. Just say, hey, how about you know, I fuck actually, yourself? Why why don't we? Yeah. Well, I'll write him a letter. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Seriously, love wild wasteland. Yeah, man. Let's see if he responds. Do you really want to antagonize someone who's murdered 10 people? Yeah. Okay. When they're fucking 3,000 miles away and they are locked away and have no intention of wanting he's to up, leave. He's up, for, for, he's up for, for parole in five years. You never know. You might get out. That'd be awesome. I'd be I, down, would, I would be fucking happy to die that way. Like, we'll interview him. Yeah. We'll interview him and then he'll brutally murder us. But we're not women, so we'll probably be fine. We'll be fine. I think maybe, so. Maybe I don't know. Maybe turn prison gate. You never know. He could have. Maybe he started getting cuddled and hugged, and t- as his mom was worried, he turned gay. Yeah. No, he got affection. <laughs> he was. Like, it's weird to me that he was like raised in prison. And now he's just living in prison. Like him and Charles Manson. Yeah, Charles Manson. Yeah. Are like rather similar in that way, but like Ed oh. Kemper was just much more direct and yeah. planned. He's more hands on. Way more hands-on. That's a good way to put it. But, um, yeah, so we only have, uh, what, one more one more spooky serial killer in this month? Yeah. I don't even know. Who is it? Oh, oh you'll find out. Oh. Next week on Wild With It. Yeah, see you next Wednesday. Yeah, honestly. You, you fuckers. Please come back. I'm very sad and alone, and I need you. Yeah, or else you never know what Dean's going to do if he doesn't have attention. I know. I'm going to start walking the back alleys of Chicago in the north side where no one closes their windows and just like... (sighs) Just walk around with a bayonet. Yeah, just a bayonet in the woods, crouching outside windows. Hey, and uh, if you think that your child could be a serial killer... Kill him. Do something. No, don't don't kill him. Just... Don't, Don't kill him. Wink, wink. No, no, no. Uh, just have a just do something. You can you can actually uh, rent the brand new babysitter uh, if you have this issue. Uh, their name is Casey Anthony. <laughs> They're very good at uh, taking care of children. That's a comic book, Casey Anthony, the f- the future serial killer murderer. <laughs> That's why I killed my baby. Yeah, yeah, I could see it in them. They were already uh, trying to drown their little sister. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, miss. You know that they were just roughhousing in the pool. Yeah, she was trying to drown him. She was trying to drown him. Had to kill both. Well, either way, remember out there, uh, it's getting colder, so you got to stay more vigilant and stay more wild and uh, maybe carry a knife. I don't know. 
not saying brandish weapons over here, but uh, protection is protection, right? Don't Condoms be, don't really work when the gun's involved. Yeah, don't be a victim. Hate the victim blame, but... What, you want to be a predator, not a victim? Yeah, be a predator, not a victim. Oh, my God. Be predator, not prey. <laughs> Gross. Go fuck yourself. Oh. You know what I just saw, actually, the other day was uh, the movie Glass. Oh, with... Um, Bruce and like Shyamalan, yeah, and Samuel L. Samuel Jackson, and who's that other guy? James McAvoy. Ah, uh, Magneto. No, no. Professor X. Yeah, young yeah, yeah. Professor. X. Young Xavier. He's oh, it was so good. It was such a good movie. I didn't. I didn't see it. The like, the M Night Shyamalan twist at the end has like two parts to it so i'm like i see you Shyamalan. you're mm. like uh you're giving us one random thing to try and have us forget about everything else and then like then you just finish the story yeah that's good that's how it should be not really it was much better when he actually was able to do a good twist well he he's known for the twist but only like three of his movies have like a twist all like, the other ones just have like what do you mean like the big twist, like yeah, the big twist uh, in what? the happening was that the wind and the trees could talk to one another and were is targeting that, humans. Is that really a twist though? When it's just like a lot, like it's just the twist the f- of devil was that the woman, the grandma was the devil the whole time. Yeah, no, that's kind of a twist. There's the, a the twist in the sixth sense. There's the village. Well, that wasn't really a twist, though. That was a huge twist to find out that they weren't in like the middle of nobody said it was. They weren't like ah, hear ye, hear ye, in this calendar year of sixteen forty-two. They avoided the topic, and then eventually, when you find out, it's a twist. I guess that's That's kind of what happened with like with glass. Actually, it's really what happened with uh, unbreakable split. Oh, split. Yeah, because split was like. The big twist is that oh my god, it's the same universe it's, as that's not Unbreakable. A twist, that's just like you don't say oh Marvel movies all have twists when they just like have like no because they're that end you, credit scene. Well, you, you know that they're gonna do it. You know that it's supposed to be there to build up the well, universe they've been building everyone since two thousand one. About M Night Shyamalan having twists, so everyone knows it. So it's not actually a twist anymore. Yeah, it is. It's still a twist. No, because everyone expects it. Just because you expect a twist does not mean that it's not a twist. It's not a twist. It is a twist. What is the twist? It's a twister. Tell me the twist. The twister. Right. It's truly it was. A... So you highly recommend this glass movie? Yeah, it's pretty darn good. Does it especially uh, if you like Unbreakable and Split? Does it shatter your expectations? No, but it's really oh. nice to watch uh, Samuel L. Jackson die. He dies. Spoiler Everyone. alert. The Not fuck, really a spoiler. Dude. The guy has glass bones. Well, people that live in glass skeletons. And, and the and the and the premise of the movie is that he's trying to get the beast. Yeah, the beast. To attack Bruce Willis. And so when you're trying to team up with like a crazy motherfucker who can climb walls and take shotgun blasts to the chest, like yeah. and like flip a car with his bare hands. All he has to do is touch you, and he's and Samuel is fucking dead. But he teams up with him. Yeah, he, at least he tries to. Ooh, 
There's the twist. Oh yeah, that's that's the twist. <laughs> Actually, that is the twist. Oh, I'm just not gonna tell you what it exactly is. Is um, it's that Bruce Willis is a uh, ghost. His character, yeah. It's that he's, he's a, a ghost. ghost the whole time. It's like, it actually all takes place in the Sixth Sense universe. It's like, what? <laughs> Everything's fucking... It's opening up signs, dude. Mm-hmm. And then the kid from AI came back and was oh like... Oh, my God. Now Wait. I'm fat and I don't do anything that's oh. good besides <laughs> Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. What's his name? I don't... Who cares? He was in The Boys. Yeah, he's... uh. Haley Joel Osment. That's him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that little pork chop. I remember I remember random names that I don't really need any useful. They, they aren't useful at all in life. But I don't remember any president. Not one. I can't remember a president at all. The only one I remember is Millard Fillmore. Mm, he was a good one. He died in 40 days. Well, because he, he uh, you know how you can't trust a man with two first names? Yeah, Dean. Well, he had like two last names, so he was very trustworthy. <laughs> Millard Fillmore. All right, either way, you want to yeah. get this whole thing rolling? Yeah, thanks for listening, man. Yeah, thanks for sitting through the bullshit. Jeez, we're talking about nerd shit. I know, right? Nerdcore. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Should I, get a, should I get a gaming system? Should I get some kind of a video uh, game system or would no. that ruin my life? That's going to, it's terrible. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't buy games. If you're, tra- if you're trying to do things in your life, don't fucking do that. Yeah, but what if I like become a professional gamer? <sighs> Ninja, please. <laughs> and then just like start streaming on Twitch, and then like, get like a big cult following, and then like just like film some dead bodies in the woods. <laughs> I think I can do it. The path well, has been set I, out. I before feel like me. I feel like you're you're combining two different people because that one guy that filmed the eight the dead Asians wasn't a gamer. No, I know he's just a Nazi. <laughs> he is does no one remember this he was not a nazi no he just, he just liked, really likes not yeah. liking jews well he just paid those like those poor <laughs> poor people to hold up a sign that says death to all jews yeah that doesn't make him complicit with yeah it, right no he just the fact that he orchestrated it they produced it. it yeah no and no no published it no, he had no, 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 no. They that. they got the message. They got the money, right? Mm-hmm. They got the money. Like, how about if you, like, if you get into a taxi and you tell them to go take you to the airport, and the taxi driver just happens to kill like a baby on the way there, you gave him the money. I know, you but paid for him to go there. I mean, if there's like a recording of you going, "Oh, hey, hit that baby," <laughs> like. That's kind of the same situation. Uh, but he still did it. Or if he like grabbed him by the shoulder and like pulled him to the right. See, that he didn't do that. He just said, Hey, I'll give you ten more dollars if you kill that baby. And the guy goes and kills the baby. It's like he did it. Yeah. But it's like murder by proxy. No, it's not by proxy. It's by payment. It's by yeah, so prostitution. I guess that's, that's technically it's a it's a hit. The most they could get him on is prostitution, or soliciting a, a, soliciting a prostitute to murder a baby. <laughs> I guess that's kind of orchestrating manslaughter. <laughs> is there such a charge? I doubt it. Like he orchestrated the whole thing. Like that's what that's what glass is about. Yeah, I guess so. Orchestrating a Just murder. Actually, I'm surprised you haven't seen this because you're really nailing this movie. <laughs> 
Like, it's hard not to tell you what happens because oh, you're like pretty close you to could it. Ju- you could just like blurt it out. Who cares? Our, Movies our like listeners. No one listens to the end game. That's fair. I'll be I'll be right back. Sounds good. I'm here. And I'm back. Oh, you're back? Yeah. Shit, where'd you go? Just had to take care of some business. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, either way. So you ready? Yeah, why not? Thanks for listening. Yeah, I guess. Again. <sighs> <sighs> That's gross. Why are you making these noises into the microphone? We don't need this in our life. This is the extra, extra, extra. This is the part that Michael cuts out. No, this is not. Oh, I'm putting it. this after the after. Like, there's going to be a five-second pause, and I'm going to play that part, and then there's going to be a ten-second pause, and I'm going to play this. And then all of our viewers go down. And they're going to be like, what the fuck? They're like, why am I watching a podcast? Why Why aren't I watching this? Like, I really wish I was in the room with them. Like, I wonder what they even, what do they talk about when we're not listening to them? Sadness. Yeah, video games. Mm-hmm. 